Welcome to Drop the Hammer. Today is Tuesday, March 12th. I'm Ted Ryquist with my co-host Ben Sheeran back in Indiana now. Ben, how's it going, man? Hey, it's uh, going pretty good. Yeah, it's sad to be back in the cold Indiana weather from uh, sunny Florida. And I'm sure the guys uh, out west are enjoying the weather out there. I'm sure they are, yeah. How, how was it down in Florida? You get to talk to talk to some major league players down there? Yeah, we got to talk to some Marlins players. So it was a good week off. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch much of the race from Vegas, but I uh, got to see that the finish was pretty good. Yeah, and speaking of the the NASCAR goes west movement here, you know we saw Kyle Busch continue his his reign at Phoenix here. That seems like a good place to start it off today. I mean, what what do you have to say about about Rowdy and and his weekend? Yeah, you know it was one of those Kyle Busch weekends. You're gonna see one of the a couple of those every year where he just dominates the weekend, and there's nothing nobody can do about it. So um, he's a one win away from that 200. Uh, Nobody likes to talk about it, but I think you have to acknowledge it. It's pretty impressive. I don't think it's quite uh, comparable to Richard Petty's 200, but, you know, the guy's won 20% of the races that he's started in in the top three series, and that's pretty dang impressive in itself. Absolutely, and and I give Kyle credit for he himself knows that it's not the same accomplishment as, as Richard Petty. I saw you know, an interview with him earlier this season might may have even been right before Daytona. And he, he immediately said right off the bat, no, I know it's not the same because his is all cup and, and mine's all not. So I give, you know, him credit for not trying to make it more about himself or realizing the difference. And speaking of Kyle Busch, this is something that, you know, we've briefly touched on off the show before, but I'd like to get your opinion on it on the air. What do you think of these these drivers in the cup series, you know, the top ones like your Kyle Bushes and your Brad Keselowski's, et cetera, going down and driving the truck races and the Xfinity races. You know, I, I think they have it. They're trying to get the perfect balance of it. I think you need it. You really just shouldn't eliminate it altogether because as any, um, any driver would tell you that the cup guys going down to, uh, the Xfinity series, it presents sponsorship opportunities. Um, Yes. I don't I don't think guys like, you know, even Jeffrey Earnhardt was talking about it on Dale Jr.'s podcast last week that um his sponsor I Canine Concepts, they were um more willing to go and do um a partnership with Joe Gibbs Racing because they were able to get a couple races with uh Kyle Bush. And I know Hellman's over at Junior Motorsports uh continues their partnership because they're able to get a couple races with Dale Earnhardt Jr. So they present sponsorship opportunities, and even the guys who are extending regulars like racing against these guys because it just it makes them better. You know, you race against the best, you're gonna get learn things, you're gonna get better. You know, you think Christopher Bell running the second to Kyle Busch all these times, you think that's not gonna help him? You know, later this year, or even Justin Allgaier, it's definitely gonna help. You know, you you learn by doing in some ways. So, um. I think they're getting the perfect balance. I think they're cutting maybe too back, far back on it. I think, I think it should be you know ten races in each series. I think you know it allows them they get they're going to run the premier races. They're going to run the races that they want to. But you know at at the um the one off events at like Iowa or you know make the playoff races Xfinity only. I think those are good um, ideas also. Yeah, I agree. I think you hit the nail right on the head. I I really really like watching these guys run these these other national series races. 
in in large part for the same point you made that it does help these other drivers to go against the best. You know, Christopher Bell was a great example going against Kyle Busch. I mean, going against one of the best drivers of all time, that's absolutely going to help him. And I know NASCAR's cut it back to, I, I believe it's five, five races is the rule now, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm with you. I, I would like to see that that rule relaxed or even just, just eliminated. I'm all for these guys really just getting in the cars as much as they want to get in there. Yeah, I mean, and it didn't used to be um, the way of they had to eliminate the races in the sense where the guys wouldn't want to run um, a ton of bush races. I think it was kind of around 2005, 2006 where that kind of t- started taking over when Kevin Harvick absolutely just destroyed everyone for the championship and the Bush Series won like by 900 points or something like that. It was something ridiculous. But, um, yeah, like if you look at Bush races and stuff like that from like 2001 and 2002, even back in the 90s, you're not seeing a huge abundance of cup guys. You know, you'd see Mark Martin run down there. Right. But, like, guys winning in, you know, Bushwhackers, like they would used to call them, is not a new concept. Um I think even if you um, remove the rule nowadays, I think people would be hesitant to go down there anyway because I think I think the sport and even the drivers like seeing um, you know the uh, Xfinity only guys succeed and have more Xfinity only guys than uh, just a lot of bushwhackers like it had been in the past. Yeah, you, they definitely do. You're right. That that's absolutely part of it. And then I want to. You know, kind of shift gears here to some something else we saw before the race this past weekend. Michael McDowell, Daniel Suarez. I mean, what what a what a event that was! Like, have you <laughs> ever seen a, a fight in qualifying? Like, it it got it got pretty heated. Like, it it really quickly too. It was it was exciting. And, like, I still haven't seen what, like, McDowell actually did. There's, like, no video evidence. So, like, why did they fight? Like, And, you know, before the the race on Sunday, you know, I heard one of the, the pit reporters talking about how Suarez said he made it very clear to McDowell that McDowell needs to show him more respect on the on the racetrack. And I'm, I'm just getting a little... I think Daniel Suarez is just talking a bigger game than he's backing up here. I mean, he's got one top 10 this year. He finished 10th at Atlanta. But other than that, it's been 33rd at Daytona, 17th at Vegas, 23rd at Phoenix. I mean, it's not like he's one of these guys that his performance has necessarily gone around commanding all this respect. But he he certainly seems to think he, he deserves it. I was just so surprised at the, the way Daniel Suarez took down uh, – Took down Michael McDowell. I mean, Big Tree fought hard. I mean, he absolutely <laughs> threw him to the ground. He did. And he I mean, did. Besides McDowell's crew chief uh, pinning Suarez up on the car, Suarez looks like he was going to go out of town on McDowell. And McDowell was a big dude. He's one of. He's got to be at least six four, six five. Yeah, that it was. Boy, it was, it was surprising. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. But um, I don't know, man. Michael McDowell. He seems to be getting. He seems nowadays, like the past three, four years, now that he's been running better, he seems to really get himself into scuffles. I know him and Chase Elliott have had some run-ins at Daytona where they're not really liking each other. And he had this, he had the stuff this uh, at the Daytona 500 with with uh, Joey Logano, and now the stuff with Suarez. But 
um, Michael McDowell wouldn't be the guy you exactly expect to be getting in a lot of scuffles. And last last couple of years, he's uh, definitely had himself some uh, dust ups with some other drivers. He has, and I'm glad you brought up Elliot and Chase Elliot. At the very start of the race, he immediately took the lead. Everyone commenting, "Wow, what a great start!" And then we found out it was too good of a start. You know, he had to make the the penalty pass through pit road for passing Ryan Blaney before the the race even officially started. And Elliot was able to work his way back up, finished 14th. The the highest finishing Hendrick driver was Jimmy Johnson, who was eighth. What what do you make of that team's slow start this year? I mean, they're they're still struggling. I mean, it's uh, it's just been a tough two years for them. And I, you know, at this point, you really can't blame the Camaro race car because you've had a year to figure it out. You right. Know? The Mustang, it's been a seamless transition for them. You know, Toyota, they had their new body, they struggled a little bit, but by the end of the year, they're kicking everybody's butt. So, I, it's got to be a Hendrick. It's a Hendrick problem at this point. It is. It's something in that engineering department or it can't be the engine because, you know, Chip Ganassi Racing is out there running top 10, top 5 for a reason. So Kurt Busch, yeah, man, I, that dude just continues to get it done. And even RCRs having quietly good weeks. You know, Austin Dillon took two tires and was running in the top 5 for most of the run. Yes. So, and it's just, it's really interesting to see what they're going to have to do because I, what they're doing right now is not working and I I have a feeling they're just gonna get their butts kicked this weekend. I, it'll be interesting to see if they even get one guy in the top ten on at Auto Club. So yeah, it's um Hendrick's in a big slide right now. Can they get out of it? I I think so. It's Hendrick Motorsports. You know they they've employed the best people before, and they've even had stuff like this happen to the company before. But it's um it's gonna be a team wide effort to be able to get them to rebound. Yeah, you're right. It is. And it needs to start sooner rather than later. I mean, you know, Auto Club 400 here, they, they need Johnson and Elliott to really both run in the top 10, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And really, they need a top five. I don't know, these guys. I mean, yes. With the package, with the package, they're thinking tapered spacers, you know, that they had been so good at the restrictor flight races you know, in the past few years and you think, well, that's going to play in their hands. It doesn't matter if they were not good at the one and a half mile tracks last year, that was going to play into their hands. But I agree. Um, I was looking though. I, I was surprised Jimmy Johnson actually had a top five or a top 10 finish last year at auto club, excuse me. And, um, auto club's just one of his best tracks. He's got six wins there. So I think, I think you'll see a good performance out of Johnson. Um, he seems to be, doing a little bit better than he was last year with um, what he's got with the, the rules package. So, yeah, he, he's, he's had a couple top tens, you know, two in four races. He, he led four laps on, on Sunday. He's doesn't seem as far off as maybe some other guys are, or he himself has been at other times. So, but still 63 races now that he that's been since his last win, he's, Still searching. We'll see if he can get back on track at, at his home state track here. Who who do you like this weekend? Um, I'm gonna have for my race winner. I'm gonna go with the same thing with my eliminator pick. I'm gonna go double up on that. I like Martin Truex Jr. Um, he's a defending race winner. He just seems like he's ran 
well the last couple of years at Auto Club. Um, I'm going to go with him as my race winner, but a guy that I think that wouldn't be surprised that will get into victory lane this week also is uh, Kyle Larson. I think Kyle Larson would be another guy to watch this weekend, but I got I got Truex for Eliminator and uh, race winner. You read my mind, Ben. I'm going. I'm going with Larson as my winner. And you know, he finished in the the top eight in all three stages here last year in this race. He, and he, even though he's had his opportunities and just hasn't been able to to seal the deal at times, I we've seen him win before, and I like him this weekend. Yeah, he's a he's a really good pick. He finished uh, second and first last few races at Auto Club, so. And then for my my eliminator, I'm gonna go out. I'm I'm still saving a lot of these bigger name drivers. I went with uh, I went with Stenhouse last week. He finished uh, finished 13th, I believe it was. So, okay, I'm going with a guy that didn't even finish last week. I'm banking on him bouncing back. I'm going with Alex Bowman. Yeah, you know it'll be it'll be pretty easy to uh, beat the finish that I had with him last week at 35th. So. <laughs> right. You beat me with Stenhouse, and you probably beat me with Bowman again, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how Alex Bowman uh, does at Auto Club. With the bigger tracks, it seems like he's not exactly been up to par uh, speed-wise, but then again, Hendrick really hasn't. But what do you think you're gonna we're going to expect out of the race? You know, We've kind of got our wits around the tapered spacer, and we've kind of seen the racing that it produces. What do you think we're going to see out of this race uh, here at Auto Club, Ted? Yeah, I mean, my one of my biggest takeaways from from uh, the Ticket Guardian 500 at Phoenix was just how how difficult it it ultimately proved to be to pass people in the race. And I think we were thinking along the same lines because right when you know I started down sat sat down to start doing my prep for this week, I thought the same thing. I thought you know I really like Truex. He seems to have started figuring it out. He's he's running well, finished second last week. So would not surprise me at all to see Truex. We know Kyle Bush knows what he's doing. And and another guy that I brought him up a few times. The first time I brought him up, you know, we rip on me for for ragging on him, but he's had a great year, Kurt Bush. So both Bush brothers, Truex, Larson. Those are the guys that I'm really, really watching for this weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to end up proving to be a very similar race to Atlanta. Um, just managing tires, making sure your car is the best handling. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot easier to pass this week just because the tires are going to fall off and that stuff. And I hope so. People with the best, who the, it's going to kind of be like Atlanta. The better handling car is eventually going to prevail. It might take a lap or two, but um, you know, the package, it doesn't really have my seal of approval for being great but it's also not been bad right you know it's it produced some great racing in atlanta and i think the drivers have been pretty adamant about this that it's going to be great some places it's going to stink in other places so i think auto club's going to be another it'll be another interesting race to watch um it'll be kind of interesting to see how the strategy works out if we see guys short pitting yeah because really we're not seeing a lot of cautions due to racing incidents with this package as close as they've been on these restarts and something we touched on a, a couple of shows ago, we, we talked about, you know, NASCAR modifying their schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw the saw a report from uh, from Adam Stern that NASCAR is considering do, doing their their NASCAR goes west trip here, you know, with Vegas and Phoenix and California doing that immediately after 
the Daytona 500 and moving moving Atlanta later into the year. I don't know how much later, but you know it, that sounds interesting. You know, it doesn't sound like there'd be a whole lot of movement in Atlanta. You'd really have to move back, and these other races, you're really just moving up a spot or two. And it sounds like they'd be keeping the Daytona 500 to start the season in that scenario. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I would love if they ran Sonoma earlier, though. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of Sonoma, California around this time, but the grass is green, and it's beautiful. I mean, it looks like it's brush out there in June. Like, it's all dead grass. It doesn't really look the the greatest, but if you're in this race, uh, the Sonoma race, kind of right in the beginning where it's kind of not too hot in California and grass is green out there, I think it would be a an interesting start to the year but um another track that announced some news i don't know if you saw this this week um but there's money in the new york or north carolina state budget to do renovations to rockingham and possibly get the track back uh i did see out. that that'd be a really really good thing for the sport i think because i would love to see rockingham back on the cup schedule um i'm not really young enough to remember many races at the rock but uh, that track looks like it's super unique. Um, they would have to repave it, but I think it would pose a lot of awesome challenges to the drivers that um, that are going through nowadays. And I don't think there's not many guys left that have ran at the Rock too on the that are on the tour right now. No, and you're right. I I like seeing uh you know old tracks brought brought back like that. It is really cool. It it almost kind of. It's kind of similar to like ballparks in Major League Baseball to an extent. I, you know, we saw like these, these in the late '90s, really throughout the '90s, we saw the fad of you know all these teams building retro ballparks to, to you know have features of ballparks that resembled many decades earlier. And I like that with tracks too, when they they bring back old tracks or just put touches in there to make it you know, just a nod to the nod to the past and stuff like that. So I did see that about Rockingham. I'm happy you brought that up and it'd be really cool if it came to fruition. Yeah, I'm glad that, that um that's happening too. They've uh, the truck series has started u- utilizing Gateway again, which had truck and bush races for the longest time. And um Memphis, Memphis right now, they're in the process of getting a touring series race. I know they used to have um local K and N races uh, over there, but I love seeing all these tracks that previously shut down um, start coming back up again and then bringing back Nashville. And I think, I think it's something good for the sport because it just, it adds more diversity to the schedule. You know, the cup schedule used to be, you know, you wouldn't see the same tracks over and over again. Now it seems like we just see the D shape ovals like uh, Las Vegas and that stuff, or all the, uh, the quad ovals like in Charlotte. So I think it'd be, I think it'd be cool if they were able to revive those tracks and somehow get them on to either the truck and Xfinity schedule or even up to the Cup Series again. Yeah, and that you're right. That's probably where it would start off with. You know, it'd start off running some some lower series races there, and then just depending on how it goes, you could hopefully work your way back up. Yep. So. All right, and then drop the hammer. Available, Castbox, SoundCloud. Hopefully radio.com will work on that. And then Ben, anything else to add, man? Nope. Just, uh, midweek, just getting ready for another good wake of racing. Uh, definitely, uh, 
Even though IndyCar started up over the weekend, didn't even pay attention to that because the uh, best racing in the world that uh, takes place on the ovals in NASCAR. So Absolutely. Appreciate you all listening. We'll talk to you next time on Drop the Hammer.